Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on World X USA neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hi, welcome back to Money in the Air, the neighboring rights podcast brought to you by the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Tonight, we're going to talk about West Africa. And with me today, as always, Tanya, Andrew, and Gina. And our guest this evening, Shinedu. Shinedu Chukuji. I'm the CEO of Purple Blue Entertainment Solutions, a rights management company and also a publishing company. We do run management business and also publishing business and even in the record business space. I used to be the CEO of the Nigerian Collective Management Organization called Copyright Society of Nigeria. And that was until 2000 when I left to start up my own publishing company and then Kum Distribution Company to create a platform where people in Africa and mostly West Africa could distribute their music on a platform to the entire world. But basically, my forte is right management, copyright management, and music publishing. I love that you worked first at the CMO, made sure it's all running smoothly, and then moved over into the private sector so you could go and collect all that money for people. Are you able to look at the way Europe does things and North America does things, which are different, and compare how Nigeria or West Africa does things? It's the same thing at the end of the day. The difference is technology, really. In West Africa, we are still struggling with some manual activities that could have been done if the necessary technology was available to deal with those things. You talk about right management, you talk about distribution, you talk about repertoire management and all of that. Technology has enabled those things to be done automatically and you get that done without too much hustles and too much strength exerted on those things. So I would say the technological advancement is a growing phenomenon in West Africa, whereas in Europe, a lot of those things have gone ahead. Gradually, we are catching up because we have companies from abroad coming into Africa to invest. And when they come into Africa or West Africa to invest, they are not only coming with skills, they are also coming with technology. The difference in terms of manpower, in terms of knowledge, I think there are really no much difference. But the technology also, it's a gap that West Africa and Africa is trying to fill. And I think with the collaborations, Purple Blue has with Gresham and a lot of publishers are having with other international companies and affiliations. Such gaps are gradually being bridged. Technically, the laws are not too different. When you look at the UK law or you look at the Nigerian law, you look at the South African law, you look at the US law, except maybe in the area of sound recording or neighboring rights, where there are little bit differences. But the law generally are the same. And what about the platforms that do pay royalties? For instance, broadcast, not paid in the US, is paid in Europe. Streaming, not paid in most of Europe, is paid for non-interactive streaming in North America. Which of the platforms 
does Nigeria and West Africa pay? That could be another gap that is being filled in, in, in West Africa. Majority of the broadcast stations, uh, broadcasters in West Africa are really not paying for royalties. Yes, majority of them. I'll give you Nigeria alone. Just recently, the federal government was able to approve new broadcast stations, about 159 of them. In Nigeria alone, you have about 600 broadcasters, both for TV and radio. So when you add Ghana, you add you add Benin. Republic, you you add the other West African countries, you find out that we have so much broadcasters. But the other thing you ask yourself that, okay, we have 600, how many of those broadcasters are really viable? So you talk about viability. So I'll, I can sit down here and tell you that you'll be lucky to have about 150 of those broadcasters that are really economically or commercially viable. So it becomes a struggle if you want to now issue licenses to 600 broadcasters. Number one, some of them are set up for political reasons. Some of them are not really set up as business or commercial-minded oriented. They are set up for some other personal activities in order to push their personal agenda or politics and all of that. So when you talk about rights, payment, and all of that, it sounds like Greek to them. Do they pay on the publishing side for performance? When I was at the CMO in 2014 for the first time, we were able to get the, the umbrella body representing the broadcasters to sign an association-based agreement with the society, which was actually the first time broadcasters began to pay royalties in Nigeria. This was 2014. Before then, in 2012, we've been able to enter into an arrangement with the hotels and similar establishments to begin to pay for public performance, both for publishing rights and for masters. Those were deals we were. But like they said, the leopard never changes its skin or color and all of that or its spot. So after two, three years of um, that relationship, a lot of them developed code feet. They started making excuses. We are not making money. We are promoting the artists. Some funny excuses that makes no sense. As it is today, the number of those playing for publishing rights or for sound recording rights or neighboring rights, as you may call it, are really very few compared to the number of users we do have. Nigeria is populated with hotels, whether in Lagos or in some parts of the country. I can tell you, averagely, we have over 100,000 hotels scattered across the country. You'll be shocked at how many of those are really paying. Currently, I consult for an audiovisual rights society. You know, I provide them licensing and management consultancy. And recently, we had to protest against a huge brand for the sake of concealing the identity. I will not mention the name here, but it's all over the news and it's a huge international brand that I'm aware we are paying in other territories, but we were really not complying in Nigeria and we had to take the battle to their door front. And we, we prevented people entering the hotel, we prevented people from coming out until they negotiated with us and we got our money. Just a 24-hour strike where there's no music in a hotel, there's no music on a TV channel. They'll understand how important it Absolutely. is and why it's Absolutely. worth Something. So in the UK, PPL collects for both the rights holders and the performer. But in the US, there is a separate society that collects for the non-featured performer and then another one that collects for the featured and the rights holder. Other countries, they're completely separate. And some countries, they're all together. 
How's it set yeah, up there? In mostly in West Africa, whether it's neighboring rights, whether it's the publishing rights, they are all collected under one single entity. I'll give you an example of Koson where I did work. We controlled both for the authors and the performers and even the phonogram producers. You do have the composers and the songwriters, the publishers, all in one umbrella. So what we did then for ease of invoicing, that worked for us. Users do not want double invoices. I think these three years now, when PPL and PRS for Music came together and formed a company, you know, yeah. just for the front-end services. Back-end, everybody does what they want to do, depending on their repertoire. And we were able to bridge that by issuing a single invoice for both. So whether it's performing right, whether it's mechanical, all comes under yeah. one invoice. And that way, we're able to deal with that. However, maybe like in the US, where you have EMI and you have ASCAP and you have sound change with respect to internet and all of that. In Nigeria, you, we also have two societies for the music industry. Each have to license the users based on their mandate. And that also sometimes creates problems for users because they get an invoice from Society A and another invoice for Society B. Where the technology was not available at that time, it was difficult to really separate or demarcate whose repertoire you are using. But there are new technologies that are coming in now. So it's easier for you to say, okay, this is what you have used. Pay us for that. So we do not have separate entities for the management of those particular works. They do manage them under one roof. What would you say is the major source of revenue in West Africa for artists coming from the performing rights sector? So you mentioned hotels and technologies and foreign companies coming in, these technology companies. Are you talking about like Spotify or Pandora? What are the main drivers of performance income? Before 2017, the major source of income for a lot of right holders in Nigeria was what we used to call ringtone and callback tones. Yes, that was very huge because it was that had to pass through the telcos and all of that. The artists, the, the composers, publishers were really making a lot of money from that. A little government policy, change of policy direction, practically brought that to a close. After that, a lot of people earned more from live shows and all of that. But COVID now came in, that became another problem. But within the collective management space, and more money from the hotels, from the restaurants, and from similar establishments. Some money from the broadcasters, but if the broadcasters were to pay based on their usage, the broadcaster should be the largest source of income, followed by hotels and similar establishments. But for the societies right now, much of their revenue comes from hotels and similar establishments, from clubs, mostly from public performance, as you would say. For artists, can artists outside of West Africa make claims and have direct accounts with the collection societies or do they need to be resident in West Africa? Are they eligible to actually collect royalties directly? First of all, if you speak from the point of view of collective management or collecting societies, some of those artists or a lot of them will belong to their local societies who will in turn sign what we call a reciprocal representation agreement with any of the societies in West Africa. On those basis, the local society in West Africa will collect for them and pass the same to their own local societies in their individual countries. The other way you can do that, you walk through companies like ours and who becomes more like your administrator providing such services locally and being able to join some of the societies if we wish and we collect on your behalf and the money is passed. 
The fact is that our law recognizes works from other territories as being protected in Nigeria. Regardless of where you come from, as long as we have those reciprocal agreements, your works are equally protected in Nigeria. So when there are payouts or distributions, you are guaranteed your own payment or distribution. And is the split like it is in the UK, for example, it's a 50-50 split between the owners of the recording and the artists performing on it. Is it a similar split? What we have currently is with respect to musical work, that's for publishers, they get 60%. The neighboring right owners or the phonogram producers get 40%. We have two new bodies being set up right now for the publishers and for the record label owners. Publishers is called the Music Publishers Association of Nigeria. And for the label side is the Record Label Association of Nigeria. So there's discussion currently going on about harmonizing the split to 50-50. Currently, what the collecting societies would do would be to give 60 to the publishers and 40 to the label owners. Even at that, IFPI is also interested in balancing those splits so that the publishers get 50 and the label owners get 50. But it's a discussion that we are currently having. And if you ask me, I will push that the two parties get equal shares, 50-50. Is anything paid directly to the performers or does it all go to the label? Just like the publishers too, with respect to the labels, number one, it will depend on agreement what kind of agreement the label has with the performer or with the artist. If the label has a 50-50 share with the artist, then the society will definitely implement what it's in the agreement. However, in the absence of an agreement, the, the ratio is always 50-50. So you get 50 from your split with the publishers, then you come down and you split it 25-25. But where there is an agreement, we will respect whatever the artist or the performer has agreed to this label. That's interesting because certainly in Europe and anyone who's part of the Rome Treaty, the performer royalty is an inalienable right. I mean, you can't waive it and the label cannot take it. So that's really Absolutely. interesting. That's a major difference. Yes. The issue of sound recording in Nigeria is really not treated as neighboring right. It is treated as a copyright issue. So it has exclusive rights. The owner of a sound recording has the right to control and also the right to remuneration. An extension of that too is that we do recognize a neighboring right, but the neighboring right is with respect to their performances, not to the creation of their masters. Their masters are covered under copyright as sound recordings. But with respect to the performance, it's treated as neighboring right, which also enjoys exclusivity. That was fascinating. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I have learned so much. Please come back again in a couple of months and let's talk about what's developed and what's changed. Thank you, listeners. If you haven't already, please remember to go to www.iafar.co.uk and become a member. Join IFR. All this is on the website and so much more. Have a great week. Bye.